All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I wonder if this piece of bumper music is related to the big concert announcement today at Bush Stadium for a show that's going to take place at the end of September with another big-name artist as well. I can't tell you, though. I can't tell you details of that. Vicki Bryant from the Cardinals coming up in a second. I just want to mention a couple of things here as we uh, move through the hour. Julie Kelly's going to join us, and she wrote an amazing piece about this um, Gretchen Whitmer, the Governor of Michigan kidnapping plot, and you're going to be blown away when you hear some of the details coming up with Julie. We've got Dave Strom from HotAir.com in the next hour. Interesting uh, political news today, Fred, as Blaine Lukemeyer, who is the third district yeah. congressman in Missouri, he decided he's hanging up. He's not going to run for re-election, so that's opening up the floodgates of people. One of the tweets today is from one of our roundtable participants from tomorrow. State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman tweeted, of course I'm considering. So good timing for her to be on the roundtable. We'll talk with Mary Elizabeth. That district is weird, Fred. It cuts into yeah, St. It, Charles. It wraps around St. Louis County. It goes yeah. into Jeffco. Mm-hmm. So there will be no lack of interest in that particular seat. But we'll talk with Mary Elizabeth tomorrow on the Reardon Roundtable. Yeah, so big concert announcement today at Bush Stadium. Billy Joel, we were looking at the, uh, well, Vicki Bryant can tell us this for sure from the St. Louis Cardinals. Vicki, wasn't it like 2017 when Billy last did the show, 2017 or 2018 Ooh. at Bush Stadium? It was 2017. So that surprised me. Because that's, you know, by the time this show goes off, that's seven years already. And I remember that night very well. Happy New Year. How are you? And uh, I guess big concert announcement today. You can give us all the details. Hi, thanks for having me on. Happy New Year to you as well. Well, we are starting out the year um, with another great show going to be at Bush Stadium. Uh, Billy Joel with Sting. One night only here in Bush Stadium. This is not a huge tour that they're doing city after city. These two are only going to be together um, it, um, right now, three nights, maybe a fourth. But um, we were you know, fortunate enough to bring them here to Bush Stadium, and I could not be more excited about this one. Yeah, I think I was reading. They're only doing, like you said, just a couple other dates with this pairing. Obviously, Billy's been on the road and, and did a lot of things with Elton over the years. I think they at least stopped one time here in St. Louis at Enterprise Center, whatever it was called back then. But, um, you know, I don't remember him touring with another big act like Sting. And people really haven't seen Sting here oh. in St. Louis. He did the show with Saggy at the, uh, Saggy, Shaggy at the <laughs> pageant, which I went to, and that was fantastic. But usually he plays the Fox, so this will be interesting to see Sting in a big setting like this, Vicki. Oh, uh, when I booked the show with Live Nation, um, it was Billy Joel. And when they added Sting to, um, to the night, you know, in my mind, my baseball mind, it goes immediately. This is like a doubleheader concert. Yes. You know, you're getting two iconic, legendary artists in one night, and, um, you know, it's going to be fantastic. So my understanding is it's a co-headliner, but that Billy will go on uh, second, that Sting starts the show and then Billy Joel second. Is that is that accurate? That is my assumption. Um, however, I haven't um, received the actual run of show from them yet. So, um, you know, but they'll both be doing, 
you know, hours Full of sets. their own yeah. material from, you know, spanning their entire careers. So it's Friday, September 27th. I like that September date in particular because it's, well, we don't know for sure, but it's likely to not be 150,000 degrees, right? <laughs> I certainly hope it won't be. <laughs> well, we've had some hot days at the end of September, but that does allow for, and you know, it's one of those, it's it's the kind of weekend that people do music festivals in this area too, because there is less of a chance of rain as well. I just jinxed it there, Vicki. But let's get the details out on the tickets. They go on sale um, Friday, January 12th. So next week at 10 a.m. What else do we need to know? Yes. Um, you can buy tickets at Ticketmaster.com. You can also go to um, our website, cardinals.com slash Billy Joel Sting, and get a lot of information on the show and as well as um, all-inclusive tickets that um, are available that are always very popular. So, you know, tickets for the show start at um, $74.50 plus fees. And, um, you know, you're going to want to get online, and I think these tickets are going to go quickly. We'll do. There'll be some pre-sales prior to that, but um, there will be tickets available for the public on sale on January the 12th at 10 a.m. Central Time. So what do we have so far? What, what's, uh, remind me, what's the July concert? Because there was one other Bush Stadium concert that was announced, right? Yes. Um, it's Def Leppard with Journey right. and Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick, right. Absolutely. And, then this and that's was so- a co-headliner type situation with Cheap Trick as the opener. Do we uh, anticipate any more Bush Stadium shows this year, Vicki? Um, at this point, I don't have any um, that confirmed, but there's always you know, a possibility. Um, but we're you know, thrilled to have these two great shows. Um, with some great artists and, um, you know, finishing it off in September with Billy Joel and Sting is going to be something special. And then the week after, the Cardinals in the playoffs, um, which will be fun, That's too. what we're planning yeah. for. See the positivity there? All right, Vicki, hey, thanks for the details this afternoon. It's a great announcement. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. One of the first people I uh, texted, Fred, as you might imagine, is our friend Mike Del Judas, who is in Billy's band, oh, yeah. who was in, we've told this story before, he was in a Billy Joel cover act, and it, it might have been now 10 years, um, eight or nine years, where He's doing this act, and he'd been doing it for a long time, and the band members used to rehearse with Mike. as So Mike would play Billy's role when they would rehearse to go on tour. Like a body double. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then, double. And, and then Billy came to him and said, hey, how would you like to join the band? Do you have a passport? And Mike joined the band. He plays um, rhythm guitar. He does sing. Like, if you've seen Billy in, in, at the show, I think he did a whole lot of love. He, he's covered some Led Zeppelin, so he does a cover. Billy actually lets him kind of do a cool. solo thing. And it's kind of amazing, and the guy is just incredible. I wish he would—he still has the cover act, and I wish that we could get him here to St. Louis just for that, because I think it would be kind of amazing. Am I the uh, only one who hasn't seen Billy Joel live? Fred, have you seen him? I did. I saw him at—I guess it was the old arena when I saw him. Man, I am the only one then. Mark, you've seen him multiple times, yes. I saw Billy Joel at the arena. I think Fred and I were at the same show, and Christy yeah. Brinkley jumped right. up on stage. Get a la the video. Yeah, that yeah. was like 80, 82 or 83. Right. See, I really want to go to see that. I've only seen Sting with the police. I've seen Sting perhaps more than most artists that that I have ever seen, and I've seen the police twice, and then Sting probably five or six times solo. Saw him last year, you know, at Caesar's Palace, and I like at least for Sting, I like the more intimate setting because some of the songs fit that. But you would think playing a stadium show, he's going to have to pull out a lot of the police. I right? would think. Yeah, I would. I would, I would also hope, and I think that that's what the fans would expect as well. All right, tickets go on sale a week from Friday. As I still play some River of Dreams, there did not mean to do that. Let's do this this afternoon. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. And now, Sue's News. Sponsored by Mr. Appliance. Speedy expert service. MrAppliance.com.
It's National Spaghetti Day. How about Ooh, that? Fred, you like spaghetti. Oh, yeah, that course. seems right. That's great. Didn't you eat spaghetti when you wandered up in the winter time to stay at the hotel? Uh, oh, did you have spaghetti there? It was there? a buffet meal at that, so yes, I'm sure <laughs> that was I, one of the many things I ate. That's yes. what I recall. Mark, yep. are you a fan of the spaghetti? Can't hear you. Love it. Sorry, the mic wasn't on. Make it all the time. I, um, yeah, I, you know, it's it, Becky's not a big red sauce person, so I kind of tend to make my spaghetti and meat sauce on my own. Yeah, but right. I love it. I do. You like it, Abby? I mean, it's you're American. I adore it. Yes, I love it's it. A, love it's it, a love hard it. date food because it always yeah. slurps Slurp, right slurps, off. Slurps, yeah, slurps, yeah. yeah. Had an issue last night in my household. Found it like I, I try to make. I, you would think that that would be a good spaghetti, you, you know, for uh, say an eight year old, which yes. I yes. And last night, mom says, Becky says to Alexa, so just to get this straight, you like spaghetti and meatballs at school, but you don't really like it at home. She goes, yeah. I'm like, well, what, what is that about? Well, they use a different sauce, daddy, and they cut the noodles. I'm like, oh, I, I can cut the freaking noodles if yes. that's all it is. Anyway, I don't it's know. She doesn't like my spaghetti. She mentioned that's the, why they cut the noodles. Yeah, the, right, oh, exactly. That's probably point, true, Fred. Right. <laughs> the lawyers got involved in that one, right. yeah. And when she mentioned your sauce, would it happen to be out of a jar? Well, okay, but here's the deal. Uh-huh. I mean, yes, but I'm not saying I'm not judging. I'm merely pointing out that I maybe only, you could switch to the I school's only use jar. Rouse. And but I do I add my own meat sauce and I, I usually do some onion and green pepper or some Italian sauce, something like that. So I, I love the Rouse sauce. It's the best. And there's like this spicy What's it called? It's like a spicy arrabbiata. I didn't pronounce that wrong. I'm not Italian. I've, really good. Oh, interesting. It's a word I made up there. Uh, Italians I was going to say, I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> All right. On this day in history, we have a little music. 40 years ago, this made me feel old, in 1984, the classic sitcom Night Court premiered. Great theme. One of the Did they bring this back, though? Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has anyone seen it since they brought it back? I haven't. I've seen the commercials though. They've been airing a lot of promos. They have. For it. The original starred uh, comedian Harry Anderson as Judge Harry Stone and ran for nine seasons. Wow, that's longer than I would have guessed. Sadly, Harry passed away in 2018. The show was rebooted last year, starring Melissa Rauch as Harry's daughter, Judge Abby Stone. The reboot is now in its second season. Didn't the guy who played Bull, he died as well, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, That's unfortunate, too. But yeah, that 40 years ago today in 1984 is when Night Court came out. That's good that you remember Bull's name. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember the actor's name. What was the actor's name? What about, oh, I can't think of his name. Richard Mole. Richard Mole, is that it? That just came to me. I think I'm going to look it up just to make sure I got it right. We are oh, so we're a gifted. bunch of old people. Yeah, aren't we? <laughs> that is accurate, Fred. Totally accurate. Yes, he was. Oh, you know what is? This is interesting. Here's a little Night Court trivia for you. Here, you know what the uh, full name of Bull on Night Court no. was? I have no idea. Aristotle Nostradamus Bull Shannon. <laughs> That's what that was his name. I love that. Have you seen any of these iterations, uh, the new or the old Abby? I have not. No. I'm not sure I would say. This isn't one I Marky say Post. you must. That was the other. Marky, Marky Post. Post. Yeah. Remember John her? Larroquette. Right. Yeah, Larroquette was in that too. Now, yeah, he's, he's in the in new, the new one, though, one, isn't he? Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, people are apparently on the hunt. This I found interesting. For 1996 calendars online. And it's because they'd also work for 2024. The calendar dates are the same. Hmm. So people uh, are going throwback and looking for 1996 calendars. Now, 
part of it is because, you know, oh, we think we're creative. It's 1996, but it's 2024. But the other is the fact that uh, in 1996, calendars were home improvement, the show Home Improvement, Friends. There were Seinfeld calendars. So people think, ah, why not? Oh, uh, and they, they say that the 1996 calendars for uh, music were Boys to Men, Whitney Houston, Pamela Anderson, who's not music, and Tom Cruise. And on eBay, 1996 calendars are going anywhere from between 20 bucks and 200 Fred, wow. I thought maybe you right. might have had a 96 I'm have to look calendar. Around. I might have a 96 Cardinals calendar. Right? You might put it on eBay. They will be usable again, but not until 2052. Wow. So if you want to hang on to it for a while or give it to Abby because she will yeah. do something with yeah. it in 2052. Now, <clears throat> their, uh, producer Meredith Dave Klein sent me this story that a 13-year-old in Oklahoma just became the first person to beat Tetris. Oh, I've, I've seen Did this you story. see this? Yeah. Tetris on Nintendo came out 34 years ago in 1989 and more than two decades before this kid was born. But he said eventually each level of Tetris gets faster and faster, and usually it just keeps going until you lose. But there's a glitch where it eventually got so fast the console can't keep up and it crashes. Well, he made it to level 157 when it finally did crash, and until now only AI had been able to beat Tetris and go that far. Wow. So good for him. Uh, Can Can anyone explain Tetris to me? Well, no. Abby, have you played it? You're my only hope. Yeah, I've I've played it, but I don't know how to describe it. So different shape blocks fall down onto like a playing field and Mm -hmm. you have to like rotate them and align them so they all fill up a whole row. Oh, that's And when you right. fill up the row, the row deletes, so it falls down. And you oh, I don't do remember that. Too that. That was a good explanation because yeah, that yeah. actually that convinced really me that I've yeah. seen this yeah. before yeah. and I know what it is. So thank you. Pressure. Good yeah, uh-huh. that was nicely done. Uh, this is a story I don't know just because I could see it happening to Mark Reardon's house. <laughs> a couple in Pittsburgh named Clayton and Carrie Law had a new fence put in last month. And the worker said, listen, that's fine. We're going to go ahead and do this. But can you pay us in cash? So the couple said, oh, yeah, all right. So they went to the bank and took out $4,000. And they brought it home. And in less than 30 minutes, their dog ate it all. All $4,000 worth of cash. Wait. <laughs> what? He How? is a seven-year-old golden doodle named Cecil who apparently usually does not chew stuff, but it was big stacks of 50s and 100s, and he just thought, well, that's awesome, and started chomping them down. Now, the good news is they managed to get most of it back. The bad news is how they had to get it back. They had to sift through Cecil's poop. Okay, but you're you're telling me that this dog digested or tried to Uh, digest? Well, here's what happened. He did manage to kind of barf up some of the cash, But to get the rest, they had to wait for him to relieve himself outside. Uh, They collected half-digested bills. Then they'd have to wash them. They'd have to look for numbers. The bank told them this is not that uncommon. (laughs) And they'd replace any of the bills as long as the serial numbers were still visible. So they would wait for the poop and sort through it, half-digested, and to try to get to the serial numbers. Uh, Carrie describes the smell as, quote, so bad. But <laughs> after lots of hard work, they ended up with $3,550. They only lost 450 bucks in the deal. I'd, I'd consider oh, that a victory. Good, yeah. uh, it's yeah. a that's win. a win. It is a win. Cecil, by the way, is fine. They've already <laughs> forgiven him. They say they're 
going forward, uh, they'll just remember not to put stacks of money in front of Cecil. But there you <laughs> have it. bizarre. Isn't it? Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Go to MrAppliance.com. Uh, and finally, in Sue's News, we have today's random fact. The first basketball was actually a soccer ball. And when the game was first being played in the 1890s, it was the best option they had available. So they just used that hmm. until they could get their hands on or invent a basketball. Hmm. That's and a good that's one. it for Sue's News. Excellent. Thank you, Sue. We'll have another edition tomorrow on the Friday show after the roundtable. Jane's going to be here tomorrow. Also, State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman on the roundtable panel. And former State Senator Jeff Smith, Vicki Bryan from the Cardinals join us. Big announcement today, Bush Stadium show. Friday, September 27th. It's kind of awesome. It's a Friday night. Billy Joel and Sting. Tickets on sale a week from tomorrow. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I could have predicted this so easily. Here, this is a uh, brand new tweet from V this afternoon. I, I want the listeners to prepare themselves. This is huge news, and you're, you're probably going to be shocked, and um, I hope you're going to survive the day. As cases of winter respiratory illnesses, including influenza, RSV, and COVID-19, continue to rise. Wait, I kind of need this, don't I? The St. Louis Department of Health is recommending that residents wear masks while indoors in public areas. Stop it. Come on. Stop. It, it's stop the idiocy. The L.A. Times did this. or No, no, I'm sorry. It was the New York Times this morning. They read it. The big story was, oh, COVID's on the rise. Stop it. Okay? It's ridiculous. Let's get on to a pretty important story, though. Julie Kelly with us. Her substack is declassified with Julie Kelly. She wrote a piece for Real Clear Investigations. Julie, we might need three to four hours, maybe more, to kind (laughs) of unpack this thing that you wrote, because I was just blown away. How are you? I'm good, and thank you, Mark, for sharing that. And I'll tell you, that piece could probably be another 30,000 words. I mean, I really just scratched the surface of what is just an outlandish, egregious case of FBI entrapment and side-related drama. So, and we're going to get to the details. Here's what I would say, just because I always kind of keep my radar up. This, in ordinary circumstances, in a fair world, this would be a movie. There would be producers trying to make this right now. But in our world, it will not be a movie because it involves, um, you know, bad things about a Democrat and the FBI. But I want you to explain what happened. So I think people will remember back in October of 2020, there was this, this is in the throes of, um, you know, COVID. And Gretchen Whitmer got a lot of attention because she was even preventing people from going to get seeds at Lowe's during COVID, which was ridiculous. But then they hold this news conference saying there's guys that have been arrested of this plot to kidnap and maybe assassinate her, right? (laughs) Right. 
that those were the headlines. Yeah, that seemed and- pretty serious. And then there's there's court cases and things like that. But the truth of all this, which I'm pretty certain nobody in the audience, unless they read this piece, knows, is unflippin' believable, isn't it? It is. And I mean, that's why I say in my piece, it could be a movie script. That's exactly what it sounds like. So what happened was the the end game is that this was the FBI again interfering in a presidential election. The the arrests were announced a month before Election Day. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the corporate news media blaming Donald Trump for using language that motivated, quote-unquote, domestic violent terrorists to try to take out one of his biggest political foes in 2020, which was, of course, Gretchen Whitmer. Well, what happens as the case is unraveling and there's court motions being filed and 14 men were charged, six charged with federal kidnapping and weapons of mass destruction charges, the other eight men charged on state charges. Well, what happens as the court uh, filings are being made is the revelation of a huge FBI entrapment operation where you had as many, if not more, FBI informants involved as you had defendants. You had at least three undercover FBI agents. And of course, then you had supervising or known as handling agents working in multiple FBI offices in the eastern half of the country. This was a massive operation. It used drones, airplanes, extensive surveillance. And at the end of the day, these were men who didn't know each other, who never would have even come up with a concocted this plot to kidnap and possibly kill Gretchen Whitmer. And none of it would have come to fruition without the leading of the FBI, their informants and handling agents every step of the way. All right. So I want you to talk about Dan Chappell, 34-year-old guy and a rock war veteran. He was a key figure in all this, right? That's right. So Dan Chappell, the story goes, and we know that the FBI has what they call online sleuths. And these are informants who scour social media sites and chatter to see who's saying things that, you know, are not politically correct or acceptable. And he, the story goes, was on this group called the Wolverine Watchmen, an alleged group. You know, they were just talking about firearm training, et cetera. He claimed that he was disturbed by chatter that they wanted to kill law enforcement. No. He went to a friend in law enforcement, and a week later, March 2020, the FBI makes him a paid confidential human source, also known as an informant. What Dan Chappell did over seven months is work with other informants to lure these men into this trap. He specifically targeted a man named Adam Fox. He was supposed to be the big ringleader, Mark, of this uh, Whitmer fednapping uh, gang. And, but it turns out, as the court proceedings are underway, that he's a homeless man yeah. who lives in the dilapidated basement of a vacuum repair shop in Grand Rapids. And what came out in trial is if Adam Fox needed to brush his teeth or use the toilet, he had to go to the Mexican restaurant down the other side of the, of the strip mall. This is the sort of people we know historically the FBI and traps, but they've moved on from blacks to Muslims to now white men that they portray as Trump supporters who are trying to assassinate Democratic politicians. So when you when you write about how in a lot of this, you know, the, the lawyers for these guys gave you a lot of information and um, there's text messages, right, that went back and forth between Fox, the, the homeless guy and Chapel. I mean, th- we're talking thousands of text messages, right? What what did those show? And these are things. This is where I'm a little confused, Julie. But these are all things that have kind of or at least some of them uh, have come up at trial for these guys. Right. 
Well, some of them have. I mean, to your point, there were thousands of texts and messages exchanged between Dan Chappell and Adam Fox, who they made this so-called ringleader. Um, But there were also text messages that the judge in this case in the federal trial in Michigan refused to allow the jury to see. And they are damning texts that demonstrate how the supervising agents were telling their informants, especially Dan Chappell, how to get these men together. They were recording them when they were drunk and high. They were getting them drunk and high. They were driving them to these sites where other informants had set up, say, a kill house. And then they recorded these guys kind of maneuvering through this ramshackle kill house with rifles. Um, They took them on reconnaissance mission to Whitmer's cottage. Whitmer was fully aware that this was going on, by the way. The FBI installed cameras and other recording devices around her property so they could capture evidence of these informants bringing their targets to the alleged scene of the crime. Uh, Dan Chappell offered Adam Fox uh, multiple times uh, an FBI paid for credit card with $5,000 on it, trying to get him to buy guns and ammunition. And despite the fact that Adam Fox was completely destitute, he never took the credit cards. The FBI created a militia group that they then initiated Adam Fox and others into this militia. Dan Chappell took an oath into this FBI-created. That was the the 3% Patriot Militia Group, right? That was what they manufactured. Yeah, okay. Yes, they did. Correct. Um, And then, of course, to, to, to escalate things, in September, they bring in another FBI undercover agent. The group is starting to disband. They don't know each other. They really don't like each other. There's no set plan to do anything. So they bring in another undercover FBI agent who tries to entice them into buying bomb-making material, shows them a video of an SUV being blown up, and the FBI made that video too. So there was no plan. These guys had no capability, no money, no way to do any of this. But it was all to create these, this optic and this narrative right before the 2020 election that Donald Trump is inciting the activity of domestic uh, terrorists. So in the end for, for these guys, what was the end result from the charges and the trials? So um, of the total 14 defendants, four men pleaded guilty. Of course, they're you know coerced into taking plea deals, lower sentences. They become government witnesses. So the 10 men who went to trial, five of them have been acquitted. This is a stunning outcome for the government. The government has upwards of a 90% conviction rate. They don't lose cases like this. In the federal trial in Michigan, the the first one that I covered in April of 2022, four men went on trial on federal charges, not a single conviction from this jury. Two men outright acquitted, and they presented the FBI entrapment trial. It was basically the FBI on trial. Two men outright acquitted. Two men got a hung jury, Adam Fox and Barry Croft. The government came back, retried both of them in August of 2022, thanks to the judge who really put his entire body, not just his thumb on the scale, which is now the source of the appeal here. uh, They finally were convicted. Then you had three men who were brought up on state charges. They were just acquitted in September of 2023, which should really help the appeal for um, Adam Fox and Barry Cross. And nobody has heard any of this. Yeah. And nobody's heard any of this. 
that's never been covered, right? And you have the, you even highlight the Michigan Attorney General, uh, Dana Nessel is her name. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like the acquittals. And she says that the jurors, because then they got to throw them under the butt, they're not smart enough, right? She says they come from a very, very right-leaning county where seemingly they're not concerned about the kidnapping and assassination of the governor. Well, that's because it was a little different than it was sold to the rest of us. Now, Julie, you know that a lot of people and my guess would be the majority of people because they're going to buy the legacy media narrative and they know that, um, you know, they're not going to get serious coverage out of this. But they're going to say, Julie Kelly, come on. These were bad white supremacist people plotting to do bad things. Doesn't matter whether this FBI guy put this idea in their head because we just had to get them out of society. You know, they were criticizing Gretchen Whitmer and her covid policies. Come on, Julie, this is not entrapment. It's just a bunch of guys that are rednecks in Michigan that are trying to kill people and, you know, kidnap the the governor. Well, look, this is why the media did not want to defend this. And as soon as BuzzFeed, and we really have to credit them, uh, in July of 2021, they really published the first huge article, Expose, that described this as an entrapment operation. As soon as BuzzFeed did that, the national news media completely lost interest in the story. I remember covering the April 2022 trial. You could call in and I could listen. And then I was reporting on it almost daily, certainly on social media. There was no coverage of this trial by the New York Times or Washington Post or CNN. They completely ignored it because they knew what was coming out. Um, And so that was sort of, of stunning. And so now they're ignoring it, even though the DOJ had a, a, a horrible outcome and it could be reversed on appeal, which I expect that it will be considering what the judge did in, in the, especially the second trial. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, and, and I'd read the article, and I hear your description, and maybe this is something other people are thinking of. This, this is one of those perfect stories for like, I don't know, 60 minutes to, to do an expose. But again— they won't touch it. And I think that that's obviously that's part of the problem where we are. I know that Julie's been very, very um, vocal on on Twitter and Substack about January 6th. And I'm no fan of what happened on January 6th. But the amount of persecution related to the level of crime is just absolutely outrageous. Well, look, this is another big reason the media won't touch the Whitmer Fed napping, because it speaks to the legitimate suspicions of the FBI and other federal agencies' role in what happened that yes, day. exactly. If there's no January 6th, there might be some more news media interest in Whitmer fednapping, but they can't because they realize it's the same agency. It was happening at the same time. We know that the FBI ran FBI informants in the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers months before January 6th. We know there were FBI informants on the ground engaged in criminal behavior on January 6th. I've covered that myself. So they can't cover Whitmer because they know that it will give rationale legitimacy to the strong suspicion, especially on the right, that the FBI, DOJ, and other agencies were deeply involved in concocting and orchestrating mostly what happened that day, just like they did in Whitmer. Uh, By the way, and I don't know what your relationship is like with the Real Clear folks, but for this to go on Real Clear Investigations, in in my opinion, is very significant. It really is. They vet things extremely well. I've covered, I love Real Clear. I've been with them since, you know, they were a polling outfit back in 1999 leading to the 2000 election. But congratulations for getting this on their pages. My question would be, do you think it'll actually spread further? You know, BuzzFeed obviously covered it earlier, but this, in my mind, this is, and maybe this is a little bold and hyperbolic, but I think this is just as significant, if not more significant, than some of the Hunter Biden nonsense. Just when you think about the implications of it, Julie. Mark, I couldn't agree with you more, and I really do give credit credit to Real Clear, 
And I also give credit to Vivek Ramaswamy. He really was my motivation, even though I've been covering Whitmer for two and a half years, to give sort of this primer, this overview of what happened, and then, you know, this potential appeal that could happen. So I have to credit him because he's brought it up. And Real Clear was very interested, too, because and they're reading through it just like you were like, how come I haven't heard this? Like, this story yeah. is so crazy. How is this not wall-to-wall headlines and interviewing the defendants who were acquitted, interviewing the public defenders yes. who were heroes in this case? Um, but they can't. And I'll tell you what, Mark, um, after the Republicans won the House, the Republicans who I spoke with, I pushed an investigation into Whitmer even more than January 6th. Because to me, the Whitmer case exposes just how corrupt, how evil, uh, how out of bounds this FBI is, the extremes that they will go to, to back up these phony political narratives on right-wing extremism. I mean, if anything, I've begged them, please just hold one, one televised hearing on Whitmer. Have a couple of these defendants, these awesome rock star attorneys, have them explain what happened. The American people that? will be falling off their, t- you know, they've got a lot of crises yeah, on their no, hands. It's um, one of those things that needs to be, it's so, here's the other thing that's working against coverage of this, uh, truthfully, is it's so complicated. I mean, there's so many details in here. They're, they're mind-blowing details, but I, I think the, the legacy media gets lazy when they have to get their arms and wrap it around something that complicated. So, look, congratulations, because this deserves to be exposed. I hope it gets more legs, and congratulations on you know getting into Real Clear, Julie. I know you've been working hard on some of this stuff, so thanks for coming on here this afternoon. Thanks for having me, and thank you so much for covering it and bringing this to uh, your listeners. I really appreciate Happy it. Happy New Year to you. I know our friend Vance Crow is listening right now because I— uh, I know. Uh, hey, Vance. Love you. Miss you. All right, Julie Kelly. Happy New Year. We'll see you. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Yeah, you noticed that right away, didn't you? Sue said— Oh, yeah. Oh, George Michael. Well, you know what's funny is that as a terrestrial radio guy, I occasionally listen to... She's singing along right now. You should see this on the cameras. I listen to um, a little bit of satellite radio, and John Mayer has a station right now called Life. And he played this song last week. And he even said that, you know, George Michael's probably someone that I didn't give a lot of respect to musically oh, until I... Do- oh, so I started listening to some more George Michael last uh-huh. week. And I'm sure you've heard the... Um, have you heard the the version he does of Somebody to Love with Queen, which oh, is, yeah. he sounds like Freddie. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, anyway, he, I he, thought, you know what? A little George Michael on the bumper music. Like that's going to be okay. So I, I have to highlight something here before the end of the hour. Dave Strom from HotAir.com is coming up in the next hour. We're also going to talk about the real estate market with Neil Gelman from the Gelman team at 530. And I have audio cut of the day. But this was something I just tweeted out because Channel 4 blasted it out as cases of winter respiratory illnesses, including influenza, RSV, and COVID-19 continue to rise. The St. Louis Department of Health is recommending that residents wear masks while indoors in public areas and crowded environments. No, ladies and gentlemen, you really don't need to do that. And if you do, it's not going to do you any good anyway, but they're going to try to make you believe that. Now, this comes on the heels and, you know, I hit these damn publications every day because I pay for them. The Washington Post, the LA Times, the uh, New York Times. So the Washington Post, this was the top story this morning. I don't know if it's still there. The top story was Another COVID wave hits the U.S. as JN1 becomes dominant variant. Now, there's no wave, but they can't stop themselves in trying to panic the sheep out there. Now, let me play you one of the stupidest human beings on the planet. And some of you might guess, of course, it's Joy Behar from The View. So here, I don't even, well, I'm pretty sure she has no idea how 
stupid she comes up. Well, how stupid she really is when she says stuff like this. What's happening with these anti-vax people? You know, I said this the other day. I have been boosted and boosted and boosted. So I got COVID. It does not prevent you from getting COVID, but you don't die from it. Right. Mm. And yet you have people like this Robert Kennedy Jr. who's going out there and attacking Fauci and saying that it's a bad thing to get He's the not saying it's satire. He's actually believing well, I know, it. but this is fake you know? news. So I think that was maybe some archive uh, audio, but she she's talking about how she gets it and she's not going to die from it because of the vaccine. I've long felt like there are people out there, and we did this to people because we scared the crap out of them in 2020, right? But there are people out there that feel that there's this... Remember, Sue, I've kind of talked about it in terms of if you see like an old classic Disney movie or something like that where black smoke is coming out of a, a pot and swirling around and then it attacks you, right? I do think that there are a lot of people in society... And I don't want to criticize people for being afraid because I think they genuinely think that this is swirling through the air and it's going to like seep into your nose and mouth if you don't have a mask that's affixed tightly to your face when you're in a grocery store. It's just a bunch of nonsense. And by the way, the amount of people in this is why Joy Behar's comment is so ridiculous. The death rate of people under the age of 70 years old in this country from COVID was like 0.004%. I mean, it's we, we made it seem like all these people, and sure, at the beginning of this, there were some people, and elderly people in particular, but we did it exactly opposite. We should have been protecting those over 80 and 85 years old in particular, really focusing on that group and not worried about keeping kids out of school and forcing little children like my daughter who was in kindergarten to wear a mask to set them back in their verbal communication skills for years. This is what we did as a country. Now, some of us fought pretty hardly, you know, pretty pretty hard against that. But here we go again, and it's just taken just a little bit longer, and they're so bored coming out of the holidays, and people had time off. They're sitting around their newsrooms saying, what do we write about? Oh, yeah, some people got sick. Now, what I love about the Channel 4 tweet is they have to point out that it's not just COVID, right? It's RSV. A lot of people are sick right now. People have the flu. People get sick during the winter. If you're sick, stay home, all right? that That's my hope for you. If you're not sick, and go out and see people. If you really feel like it's going to make you feel better if you wear a mask, I guess put your, put your mask on, but you're not going to get you know help by it at all, as George Michael is screaming in your ear, and I apologize for that. But I would expect in the coming days, I'm seeing signs of this right now in the uh, legacy media. They're going to try to scare you about COVID and RSV and all this stuff coming up. It's coming. Get more at 971talk.com. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.